Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive, day late, but a dollar richer. Uh, sorry for the delay in um, getting The Deep Dive up to you people, but we appreciate your support. We hope you are all doing well in this cold winter months as the daylight leaves us. And it was the epic of darkness. Yeah, yeah people are There's dealing a- with uh, dealing with the uh, uh, cold and flu season. Uh, I'm, I, I've been traveling. That was mostly that was the reason we weren't live yesterday. I've just I, I and and travel disruptions, by the way, are coming. Uh, you know, the issues for me tonight, issues for me Sunday, issues for me Monday, you know, for Monday, I think I'll be fine. But um, yeah, a lot going on right now. And this is just the beginning because uh, holiday season is approaching. So it's the um, holiday season. Yeah. So whoop dee doo and skeedle dee dee. And yes, it is Euro mm-hmm. season time. Skyfish does not get to join us that often, but when we do them this early, yeah. Uh, I'm guessing it's about 6 p.m. where uh, Mr. Skyfish is hanging out, and it is yeah, brown liquor. Pilate, also correct. It is brown liquor season. I was uh, oh. my my mom got me a whiskey for Christmas last year. Horrible. I don't have the heart. She's not a listener. It's fine. It's <laughs> awful. It's it's made in Minnesota. I won't shit on this brand, but like. Just whiskey bathtub should, crap. Yeah, whiskey yeah. should probably be made in the Appalachians. Like, <laughs> stick to Kentucky, Tennessee. It's horrid. But I've, I've been good uh, stuff from uh, there's good stuff from like Vermont and yeah. uh, New York. Anyway, yeah, this one isn't good. No. I've been under the weather, so I make I make a hot toddy when I'm sick, which is just a good tea, a dark tea. You should just you know black pico or whatever. Yep. And then honey, lemon juice, fresh squeezed if you have it, and then whiskey. So that's like the perfect use for that. It's just my sick whiskey now. So I need to, I don't get sick that often, but that's a, yeah, it should go in the medicine cabinet. At this point. Okay. Well, we were going to try to keep this one tight just so everybody can get on yeah, with their days. Um, where should we start? Should we start with the geopolitical impacts of uh, trading Brittany Griner for the Lord, the Lord of War? Uh, or do you want to go right into sort of uh, uh, the, uh, the Georgia runoff and, and uh, how that impacts the, the markets for the 2024 election? Where should we start here? Yes. Yeah, so as as it turns like so if this if this terrorist that we traded back if he turns out to be like Nick Cage from Lord of War I'm worried if he turns out to be like Miles Teller from War Dogs less worried. but yeah no we we're not gonna get we're not, yeah, no it's um, like a fucked up deal like geopolitical yeah. stuff we're not into that we're into no no, no gonna, that was a, that was a, a poor joke let's get right into football instead of that we're gonna get um, into a game that i yeah. wanted to bet and i'm just this is right off the top i don't think i can bet this game considering what they're going to be doing because i like john wolford i think he does some amazing things for a backup i think he brings a pretty good game to a team that has a bad offensive line and mm-hmm. but he's a little scrambly as missing their best offensive weapon in Cooper Cup, he's not bad. Um, you know, he's Wolford. not horrible. Yeah, Wolford's not bad. Do you know if he's for sure going to be get the guy? No, they don't. They are, <laughs> yeah, right. They don't know. Um, they don't know what what's going to happen. They're going to try him out before the game, and if he's not good to go, they are going to start Baker Mayfield, who's been with the team for like sixty hours, mm-hmm. like 
no chance I want to have a Rams ticket if a guy who just got to town had to learn the system was going to be running this offense. Uh, Randy Mitchell talking the same thing. So maybe this is a, a spot where I will take some Rams live if it is Wolford getting a go. But for right now, you don't want a gunslinger um, slaying guns? Oh my God. <laughs> Staying on theme with arms dealer talk. <laughs> I think I could get. I think I could get behind Baker if he had more time to prep. He's probably a an upgrade, you know, in, in certain aspects just with his experience. But no, man, like the fact that he is the fact that he is getting to town and has no practice time with this team makes me super scared. So um this total probably about right. But yeah, I I want Rams with Wolford. I'm gonna wait till we get to the game and bet it live, I think. Okay, I was because I've been leaning Raiders um, here, so maybe I'll just really? skip this one. Tell, tell me um, why. Because I think there's a pretty broad, like, I mean, there's a decent game state here where Raiders get a comfortable lead in the first half because they're playing for something, and Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs are absolutely clicking right now. Uh, Derek Carr. Uh, offensive line. Everybody's kind of knows their roles and responsibilities in the Josh McDaniel system, and they're just they're in general just playing well. Uh, and the Rams defense is awful. I thought they played up last week, and they still conceded twenty seven in a, a game that they were competitive. Um, Raiders, I think, can get a healthy lead and then just put this one away, put this one to bed. Yeah, Raiders but, with a healthy lead, putting it to bed. I think yeah. they're the only team to like ever blow three seventeen point leads in the <laughs> same year. That's a good point. Yeah, that, that's, so they got them all out of their system, Andy. They got them all out of their system. No, but I mean, <laughs> I think the for, second half under is really where I'm interested here. Yeah, for real, Josh Jacobs should continue to eat. This is a team he can run against. Um, Devontae Adams against a good corner for once. Maybe that's a fun matchup. But um, yeah, it, it, unless unless Bobby Wagner has something uh, against the Raiders and he has a good pump up speech again, I'm not so sure. I'm very excited about this position. I just think it's too big of a number at home. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Good reason to skip then. Um, are you, you think the Raiders are still alive, by the way, for a wild card? Any interest in betting them at like 10 to 1 to make the playoffs? You're, I, out. you're out. Yeah. They're very inconsistent. They got a sweet, sweet they're gonna, going on. I feel like they're going to win games they shouldn't and then lose a horrible game they should. Like this one, <laughs> you know, just okay. like the, it's like the Colts losing to the Jags at the end of the season that one year. They're gonna have one of those games. Yeah, well, they've already played the Broncos twice, so it's not gonna be them. Actually, their whole schedule is just ridiculously tough. Rams uh, is, you know, is probably the winning is the most likely win on the rest of the way for them. They got Patriots, Steelers, Niners, Chiefs. So yeah, Raiders probably stick a fork in them. Wow. Okay. Let's move on to Sunday where we have a fascinating market and lots of people in the betting space just um, really trying to break down the nature of the trap that Vegas has set for the common better here. Um, Andy, is this like is this like one of those easy to spot traps like the the box with the stick and the cheese under it? Or is this more like uh, just like, uh, you know, one of the tiger pit traps that's that's covered and, you know, on the forest floor and you just really don't see it coming and you fall into the pit? I'd say it's probably more like the traps that uh, was it iced tea and surviving <laughs> the game 
was setting for the for the guys that were hunting him. Yeah. Remember okay. when he, he lit the cigarette so they thought he was over there smoking and then I think he he plugged up the exhaust system of one of their four-wheelers and blew one guy up. It's yeah. kind of a really good game. Or yeah. a, a surviving the game. Uh, to me this is more like the the data booty traps in uh Goonies. Like you see the you know this is just this is obvious. It's silly. Slick um, shoes. Yeah. Slick shoes and the the firecrackers, yeah. Um all right, that, that was uh, a good callback. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that movie a long time. No, I, I anyway, had a buddy who was obsessed with that movie. We make jokes, but the reality is anyone who has watched enough football and has broken down the numbers in a detailed fashion knows that these are two teams that the margins are very, very narrow. There is not a lot separating them. Either of these teams has a good day, they win this game. Either of these teams has a bad day, they lose. Um, and the reality is this is probably decided in the late stages by whoever has the ball last because there's not likely going to be a ton of defense in this one. That was the way it played out the last time these two teams played. That is what I would expect the way it plays out this time. Um, Lions as a minus one and a half or plus one and a half doesn't really phase me much, much either way. There's not enough betting value there to get involved on either side here. Um, I looked hard at this total, though. I, I made a 51 bet. and a half a little low. Tell me. Tell me about it. I well, I am in the same boat as you. I think this total's a little low, and the Vikings' defensive luck maybe runs out a little. Like you're not going to hold a team one for six in the red zone repeatedly. I ended up playing some Lions team total over twenty-seven flat. Okay. Uh, just it's a it's been a it's been a, a run here for Amon Ron St. Brown. He's been great. It's another secondary he should be able to beat up. And, like, le- legitimately, Goff has been okay during these last few weeks. Yeah. Um, and Ross St. Brown is a bona fide wide receiver one. Yeah, he's a uh, – remember I brought up the fact that, like, hey, I checked and I have a fantasy team that's good. It's because he's on it. Like, I have, <laughs> I have him and A.J. Brown. Like, ever, so last week was just a, a, just a thunder fucking of whoever I played. So I, I, can, I need him to continue to play good for the next about four weeks, I guess. So I don't uh, – because the more money I win, the fewer Venmo payments I have to send out to other people. It's easy that way. Everyone, um, yeah, baby everyone looks at the – yeah, everyone looks at the their fantasy football through that lens. <clears throat> yeah, well, I'm the commissioner, baby. But, yeah, I, I do like this offense to – to peak, I think this game is an over game. I think this lands in the kind of the low to mid fifties, an awful lot. Fifty, it should probably be like fifty three. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I I like this Lions offense. This is a great matchup at home. Swift has been getting a little healthier. They should be able to run the ball as well. Minnesota hasn't been able to stop much of anything. Mm-hmm. So a little over twenty seven for me. And I guess if it were just a Lions route like 28 nothing right away i wouldn't mind either okay so this is clear endpointing i know this um I, i'm doing i'm endpointing with eyes wide open here but it's still a six game sample <clears throat> uh passing uh epa per play andy the drop back epa per play on a team level the lions rank where weeks eight through 13 that number is the th- last six games number three they are number one they are the best EPA per play passing offense. Better than the Cowboys, better than the Dolphins, better than the Chiefs, better than the Bengals. The Lions are your best passing offense in football right now. So, wow. What, what kept, <laughs> and I, I've mentioned it already, but what kept the Vikings from losing that game last week? Uh, Dan Campbell. Oh, you mean, oh, I thought you meant the first time. The Jets Vikings, last, yeah. 
the Vikings did not lose the game because they had red zone positive variance in the red zone at the end. Who's the number one team in the red zone this year? Is it the Lions? It's the fucking Lions. Oh, maybe we're talking. Are we talking to ourselves in the Lions? Are we talking uh, ourselves into a Lions huh. Super Bowl ticket? Huh. Uh, they can still win this division. Well, no, the Lions not, playoff, not only, yes, yeah, not only plus 750, they, and I've been staring at it. Not yeah. only have they uh, 73, almost 74% of their red zone possessions have been touchdowns over the last three games. It's 85. Like they are peaking your Detroit Lions. It'll be. It'll be fun to see uh, if this comes to fruition, but that is why I do like that team total over. Can, can Dan Campbell run down Nick Sirianni for Coach of the Year? People are asking. No one's asking that. All right, <laughs> moving on. Jets Bills. The aforementioned Jets, who could not get a win in Minnesota, even though they were the better team, I think. Uh, take the white hot offense, the white hot offensive rookie of the year. If you don't have a ticket, get one Garrett Wilson to Buffalo and they're nine and a half point dogs. This is a big number in division. It's an especially big number considering the last time these two teams played at relative similar strength jets won outright and they did so convincingly. Uh, that was of course the game where, uh, Josh Allen was under duress for a lot of the game, ultimately got hurt at the end with the UCL sprain. Uh, and, Oh, by the way, that was a um, a game where Zach Wilson was putrid, and they still won. If Mike White goes to Buffalo and is competent, are the Jets live, Andy? Maybe we bet this over, and the total the market disagreed with us. Yeah, so I don't. Have, I still don't understand that. I I also don't. Um, I figured it was weather. Like I was going to wake up and check the weather and be like, "Oh, cool." 30 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. But so no. I, I also, same thing. I checked the weather. Looks like it's going to be fine. I guess the Jets defense has been stout, but at the same time, you know, when the Vikings needed a, a drive late to extend the lead a little, they didn't look that good. You know, and the, this is a, this is a, you know, offense that doesn't like to run the ball nearly as much, but through the air, they've been pretty effective. And Josh Allen with his legs has been effective. And they're they're also saying the Bills are – it doesn't jive with me. The Bills can't be a 10-point favorite. And the total is moving down because of the Jets' defense. You know, that so that those two things are counterintuitive. So you're saying that the Bills' defense is maybe why this total is lower. The, the Mike White pumpkin game is finally coming – I, I mentioned this, you know, Mike White, I said he's not going to turn into a shit pumpkin versus the Vikings. It's a bad secondary. Bill's starting to get a little healthier, but it's still a it's still a secondary that's been beat a few times. Like, I don't know if this is his full pumpkin game yet. So I think the Jets are live to score 17 to 20 points here. Like, this game getting to 50 doesn't seem silly, but as Randy Mitchell points out, and I was going to bring up eventually as my, you know, uh, Devil's avocado was this was white stinker last season. Four pick game versus the Bills. Lipscomb brings it up as well. Yeah, and then he got benched. So yeah. it's still mm-hmm. a tough road game for a shitty quarterback. Andy, uh, this is endpointing. I know that. Um, but it's a six game sample. So I think it's fair. Uh, where do the Bills defense rank in drop back EPA per play? over the last six weeks. So week eight through 13. 26th. 28th. 
out of 32. The only teams that are worse than the Bills are the Raiders, the Rams, the Jags, and the Bears. So the Gotta Bills have the not. <laughs> the, Bills, the Bills have not been playing good pass defense. I think some of that is the injuries that they've had to deal with in the secondary. Uh, granted, Trey White is get, you know he came back. He's getting healthier. They held the Patriots to ten. You know they held the Patriots underwater uh, last week. Patriots only scored ten points, but I blame Matt Patricia for that most, you know, mostly um, as opposed to giving Les Frazier a ton of credit. Um, you know, before that there, you know, they were giving up decent amount of points to the Lions and the Browns and the Vikings and the Jets. Uh, and, you know, so this is, this is an interesting one. Um, Garrett Wilson is clearly hot, hot, hot right now. And to the degree he, you know, increase, you know, to the degree he elevates white, white much more so than the cast characters that white was playing with last year, uh, I think is worth kind of keeping an eye on. And, you know, it's, I, I don't think it's fair to point to anything Mike white did last year in the negative sense and say, well, this is proof that it's coming this year, just because he's had an entire another year working with Michael floor and, you know, and developing as a quarterback. Uh, he's got a lot of practice reps the last couple of weeks, uh, I'm not ready to walk away from him as being, uh, you know, a competent quarterback, particularly in this matchup. So I'm, I'm feeling very good still about the over position enough to get, you know, to double dip here at a 43 and a half. Um, if this is ultimately a divisional, closely contested stinker of a football game, so be it. But um, I think you're looking at two offenses that can score here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I took all the medicine in the cabinet this morning. Yeah, I think the Bills ultimately get a win, but I think it's going to be like a touchdown. Um, that's that's. I, I'm I agree, glad, though. I'm, I'm glad not, you took I'm the medicine not, at least. I'm not scared off by the. Uh, yeah. One of it was kids, kids cough medicine, so I figure I'm bigger than a kid, so I just took twice as much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I feel a like kid stuck to stuff is stronger sometimes. I'm not a doctor. Um Baltimore Pittsburgh, a d- game where I don't think we would expect to see offensive explosion. Um this is one where I kicked myself pretty hard. Because you talked about, you've been it talking last about week. it for two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. Uh can't wait to bet the Steelers. They match up great against the Ravens. I still feel that way. Uh the fact that I can get a three and a half, I think, is the bet. Um Tyler Huntley, Hundley, Huntley, I don't know how you pronounce it, whatever, the name, however you pronounce it. He ate Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is an absolute monster in every, in every semblance of the concept. And you downgrade your offense to the degree that we saw Hundley operate this offense with last year uh, and the, the degradation of the weapons around him. Uh, even from last year to this year. And I think this is a team that is going to struggle mightily against the Steelers front seven that should dictate this game. Now, TJ Watt has not been himself. He has not been playing to the level of defensive player of the year that we saw last year and his return from the peck injury. I don't think that ultimately he's just going to show up and be, you know, just an absolute singular force in this one. But that's not really the point. The rest of the D line for the Steelers is healthy and playing great. And really, the only way to beat the Steelers is with dynamic weapons in the passing game with awesome wide receiver play. And the Ravens just do not have it. So Steelers defense, I think, is going to be very, very um, 
you know, this is going to be the dictating force in this game. And, uh, you know, if the Ravens, there's one thing they struggle with, you know, the, the coverage should be good, right? Like the safeties in the corners should have a nice day going up against a rookie quarterback and Kenny Pickett. But Pickett's got a couple of weapons to work with here. I think they can find enough uh, to kind of, you know, to get on the scoreboard, field goals, maybe a touchdown. Uh, you know, I feel like 20 points probably wins this game. Actually, totals 36 and a half, so 20 points obviously wins this game. Um, and Steelers can get there. Uh, are you interested in laying two and a half with Kenny Pickett in division at home? Not a ton. I wanted this earlier. Same as you. This is probably – it's it's such a nice long position too. Oh, boy, the, is it ever. The total's so low, and you get, you get the Ravens at like eight and a half. Yeah, I'm probably going to end up putting this in some teasers. At the same time, then you have Tyler Hundley. Like, some mistakes by him can really, you know, uh, when I start to look at the lens of how I view a teaser as far as the quality of that leg, you know, I I like a quarterback who isn't, oh, like Baker Mayfield when he's hurt and dumb. And I like a defense who isn't shitty because a a shitty defense late is not what you need to keep it close. So, I, I don't love it as a teaser leg because of the backup quarterback, but Christ almighty, this total's low. So, yeah, I'd lean Steelers here. Pickett's looked uh, a little more competent. He's looking uh, more competent and confident, and I think some of that has to do with the game state. When they turn into a, a team that's behind by multiple scores, he's come out and said it. Like, I'm going to throw high-risk passes because what do we have to lose? Like, we're behind by 14. We need to win. And when they're not, he's actually a nice little, I don't want to say dink and dunk, because he has a decent enough deep ball. That one pass to Pickens was great, even though Pickens pushed off. Like, he's been okay. So, yeah, I I definitely lean Steelers here. Okay. Uh, Interesting wrinkle will give Sam credit here. He's got tie fever. <laughs> this does have all of the makings of a tie. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Andy, but uh, Ravens and Steelers, uh, there's no love lost between these teams. Um, they, oh, they, you can throw out the records. You, yes, sure. you throw out the records. That's right. <laughs> so 0-0-1 zero, zero, and one coming out of this game for both of these teams seems plausible. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe Steelers draw no bet. <laughs> BTTS no uh is God. in the cards <laughs> this is, you see uh, that? yeah you see my joke about the the goddamn spanish game oh, I, what bet did you both, say? I bet i bet both teams to score in both matches that day and thank god and you o- you almost got it with the penalty kicks yeah i was gonna say i didn't even <laughs> i didn't even get it in penalties you know, obviously i know that's not how that cash is but it's that's hilarious funny. that i bet both teams to score and yeah. Spain didn't even score in the guy i you know what was funny is i was in a bad I, I lost i lost a bunch penalties. of money i lost a bunch of money thanks to that outcome so i'm i wasn't really in the joking mood um but i did when it went to extra time i was queued up to reply to your your tweet about both teams to score and be like after the patter got to penalty kicks, I was gonna be like, "Yeah, wait, why is this greater loser?" You know, because I'm sure some people are probably like, "Wait, it's they they got what this went to get they both scored." I don't understand. Uh, some people probably were uh, would have been uh, confused. Anyway, um, it's fun. It's fun to rile up the hardos too. 
Oh yeah, I love love that is fun. Uh, people who are like uh, betting soccer regularly do not like that there is a whole bunch of new people betting soccer. But guess what? It happens every four years. Get fucking used to it. Yes, and um, uh, again, uh, we have an Irishman. You're welcome to the uh, the folks in the in the European nations. The I don't. I was gonna say EU. I don't know who's in the EU. I know people are always coming and going. Yeah, there was a Brexit recently. Um, Brexited, but yeah. Uh, <clears throat> either way, let's. Afternoon delight. That's <laughs> confusing. I thought I was getting an ad or something. <laughs> it, was, it was an ad. Yeah, it's our afternoon episode. So I. Oh, speaking. Yeah, you want to? You want a great holiday wreck? By the way, you know, like people injured. Like you watch old TV episodes that are like good holiday TV episodes. The Arrested Development episode called Afternoon Delight is worth revisiting around Christmas. Yeah. Uh, it's not my fault you didn't get up and drive out at 6 in the morning and drive out to Tarzana to get the banana suit. Um, there is some unbelievably funny shit in that episode. Arrested Development is just, it holds up all these years later, regardless. And uh, you know, RIP Jessica Walters. Series. Oh, definitely. Definitely. The Afternoon Delight is so good, though. <laughs> it's so good. That was my it's Jessica so Walters wink. <laughs> that was good. That was good. She definitely does it in that one too, because they take her, they, they have her spirits at some point at the Christmas party. I don't know. Anyway, I, great. I great can't think of the episode. name of the, the private detective, Gene Parmesan. Gene Parmesan. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> Every yeah. time. Yeah. All right. On to, yeah. Philly I, I, Giants. We're nice keeping it tight. Leg. Philly Giants. Um, yeah. I bet the Eagles. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, what number did you get? Bad number. Oh really? You played you laid seven. I laid seven oh five. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I mean, this is kind of like the Rams Raiders handicap a little in my mind. Like mm-hmm. an Eagles, if they can generate a lead in this one, then this is a second half under all the live long day. <laughs> um, the Eagles are they last week was the referendum. They passed every test. In theory, you should upgrade them based on the proof that they provided, but well, a lot um, of mine's matchup based. Okay, so let I, me hear. I, I don't, I don't make this number that much bigger, but what I saw from them, and I guess it just took a couple weeks for you know things to hash out because they brought in some new faces along that front four. Mm-hmm. But if the pass, or excuse me, if the rush defense is going to play like that. Mm-hmm. Saquon is one of those guys where he's he has a bit of the boomer bust. I don't think he's going to boom against this this rush defense because not only are they getting guys in the backfield, hitting hitting running backs early, getting penetration. I don't even think it's run blitzing; it's just straight penetration off regular, you know, regular uh, kind of base D. Sure. If that's how that looks, he's going to have a bad game, and if he has a bad game. They have the coverage, they have the coverages, they have the blitzes to make Danny Jones have a bad game. Yes. And just, I really, really hate the Giants' offensive matchup here. Like, I, I don't think the Eagles are going to just blow them away with it. Like, Hurts and, and A.J. Brown just, you know, go off for 35 again. I don't think they have to in this one. I think this is a favorite under kind of game. So that was actually where I was going to go with my entire handicap, which is I kind of, like, I... I 
I wanted to take the Giants at seven. I was looking at it, uh, thinking about it, and I'm like, God, how are these guys going to fucking score? And then I'm like, wait, why is this total 45 and a half? Um, that's a big old number. And I mean, the Eagles taking the air out of this one with a decent lead after mm-hmm. first half seems like 50% of the game states. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's a seven, you know, they're expected to win by over a, t- you know, by a touchdown here. So, um, yeah, this one, you know, this one being a one, one way, uh, you know, Eagles and under is not crazy to me. Um, and Jalen hurts, you know, he had the game of his life last week. Every, not, it wasn't the game of his life, but it was the best game of his career to this point. And <clears throat> I think a lot of that was on the basis of the matchup and what they asked him to do and everybody playing up to, you know, their, their, their top, the, you know, the top of their level. Um, that generally doesn't happen two weeks in a row. And I think that Eagles tack hard back into a running attack this week. I don't think you want to really expose Jalen Hurts to some blitzing and some uh, and some opportunities for turnovers. I think you want to keep this, you know, you keep you keep it in front of you. You know, um, I think you uh, that's that's the general approach here. Um, under is the under is the bet in my mind. Yeah. Don't hate it. So, right. yeah, I, I, bet, just, I bet the I'm Eagles in. here, though. I'm in. 45 and a half. Anything over 44 is good. <clears throat> All right, let's go. 44 is my fair. That's what I should say. Okay. Um, Cleveland, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati. I don't got think upgraded. we got a fair. Yeah, we didn't get, and we didn't get a real fair look at Deshaun Watson. Because that game was so fucking weird. With I know. All the... there, was, there were masseuses in the skybox, and there were we, we didn't know, all have kinds to, of weird uh, well, shit. That, <clears throat> we didn't have to ask much of the of the offense as every other, every, every other yeah, phase. There was some of, weird shit in that game. It was a weird game. It was a, you look at that fight. I mean, they scored they scored three touchdowns, none of them offensive. Um, oh, they were offensive. They were offensive, but uh, I mean the the Texans are offensive. That is a <laughs> yeah. bad team. Oh yeah, oh, it was yeah. a rough team. So yeah, the Bengals did get an upgrade. Some of that maybe not warranted. They've kind of had the Chiefs numbers now. It's weird how they always seem. It doesn't even matter if they're down late. They uh they do seem to have the Chiefs numbers. I think this is a little too big. I would lean the Browns at this point, but I still yes. can't bet it. Just not understanding. Because Watson did look shitty. Like he looked pretty rough. He looked uh, he looked rusty. He threw a bad pick, and I, I'm not going to back that. Hmm. I agree with you. That's ultimately why I didn't play this game either. Even though six and a half is not my fair price. Yeah. Um, there was a big, big, big reaction in the market to the Bengals winning a game that they needed to win against a team that they have good matchups against. Is that worth upgrading them three points? No. 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 Is some of the swing Browns are a little less than we thought they would be because Deshaun Watson doesn't look great? Yeah. Uh, I still think, though, that this is a very decent sell high-ish on the Bengals. Six and a half. I mean, in division, good matchups for the Browns. You don't even need to look that hard to find you know evidence that the Browns match up well against the Bengals. Uh, I dare you to find evidence to the contrary. Uh, that's not out there <laughs> that the Bengals match up well against the Browns. Um, Browns defense is a little sus, obviously, but uh, as you would remember when I was chronicling the last six weeks of football, the Browns pass defense is not, no longer 
in the bottom five. Um, I don't really know what happened to swing this defense from atrocious to decent over the balance of the season, but they're now top, they were top 10 in past defensive statistics, which is kind of crazy. Uh, they still give up the run way more than they ought to, but that kind of plays into a lower scoring closer game also, because I, you know, if there's one thing you want, if you are fading the Bengals, it is Zach Taylor excited to run the football <laughs> like that's kind of the one you now that takes a lot of the air out of this uh this game uh, i think potentially um and yeah it may work um but uh this looks like a decent under uh what would gil gil great question what would this number be with percent four you think the market would you think the market i think the market would give you the exact same price but i think my but my number would be four and a half Four and a half, yeah. yeah. And apologies, yeah, this is down to five and a half most places. Oh, is it? Oh, um, that moved today then. Yeah, I'm guessing Dan made these graphics last night when we were expecting to do it at the right time. Yeah. Yeah, and then we just canceled on him. Said fuck it. Uh, okay, let's talk about I mean, the market it, dynamics truth, here then, because it's not that much different. This time yesterday, this was sitting at a six and a half, and you could have gotten six and a half at uh, minus one thirteen was the best price you could have got. Um, two, you know, three days ago, it was a flat six and a half, but, uh, six and a half minus one thirteen, And that has been one way traffic now across six. That's a big move. And I don't think that there was any injury news that really supported this. Was there? See anything. Okay. So maybe the injury news was Mixon's going to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. It, not, tr- truthfully, that's kind of where it's trending. I think he's trending towards being closer to being ready. Yeah. Hmm. Which is bad for this team. I, I don't care about betting this game. This, this is not what I want to bet. Yeah. I want the Bengals to win. I want the Steelers to win. And okay, so Dan says it, it did move pretty recently. Okay. But, um, so this is taking this is taking some Browns money. Lie, we're you're, we're we're in the in the uh steam hive. Mixon, um, yeah, Mixon must have said he's good to go. I, FanDuel is just correcting to market maker price because this moved from uh, six and a half to five and a half ish. You know, last uh, last night after we would have normally recorded the pod. Um. Okay. Well, Mixon's out of concussion protocol, which means this being a lower scoring game is on the table in my mind. Browns, I mean, the Bengals can still be attacked with passing attack, but you need elite weapons. You need more than one. Browns don't have that. Um, Watson hasn't shown any any chemistry with these guys. He hasn't gotten enough reps, I don't think, to really warrant being scared of his abilities. Uh, So I kind of want to bet an under here, but uh, a little, you know, a little conscientious of this. uh, Yeah, when Brian says something, you, you listen. Yeah. This is the guy that runs the notifications for Fantasy Life app. Oh, is it? Oh, cool. Yeah. So Brian, we appreciate you. Uh, um, yeah, so I passed this one, but I agree with the market move. I exactly. think. Exactly. Yeah, the uh, the weather. I, I think I'm, I might get in on this live. What? Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. I'd like I'd like to see the weather surely. Like right now, right now it looks nice. Uh, I'd like to see if the squeaky get. I want us to get past the scripted portion because I feel like you could end up with like seven seven, 
after the first two drives here. And at that point, yeah. I think the live under is going to be my look. All right, let's move on. Second half of this. Another Whoa. divisional one. And this oh, one. Oh, man. Is this the talk Thursday about night game? Did I wake up on week, week three Thursday <laughs> this night? Is the, this is the color rush mustard yellow versus cool. Titan baby blue. Those, you remember those Thursday night color rush games? We got them every single year. The mustard. They really pushed color rush on us. They really did. What was, what was their agenda? I need, to, I need to make a YouTube video about the, uh, oh, shit, your weed whippers out there. Get in the lawn mode. Uh, Drew Drew has seven people he hires for his ground screw. He has a botanist, a gardener, a weed whip guy, the pool guy, the skimmer, the surfboard leaf, wax leaf, guy. The leaf blower. The leaf blower guy. Um, yeah, and this is a little worrisome as well, speaking of injuries. Trevor Lawrence's status maybe is up in the air. That makes a big difference. And I know everyone's not super keen on him, and he's had a bit of an uneven year, to put it lightly, but him being out matters a ton on a road game. Uh, it might just be Titans. It might be Titans by a bunch if that's the case. I don't know. This is a this is a Jags team. I'm I'm kind of putting in the same category as the Raiders, where I know where the market has them. I know where I have them. It's similar to where the market is. I'm, I'm not in too big of a disagreement there. But at the same time, they've been so wildly inconsistent. And now they play a divisional foe on the road that I don't want to I don't want to take this three and a half that I'm showing as having some slight value. Yeah, I, I wanted to take the points and I am out. Out of this game, out of this conversation entirely, which means, but I would like to point out two things. First is the T-Law I would expect goes. Uh, everybody was shocked and, and confused that he came back into the game against the Lions after the shot he took. Uh, everybody, I believe, expected it was going to be a knee injury. And then when Doug Peterson took the stand and said, T-Law's status is up in the air, everybody was like, okay, that makes sense. He got hit. He got banged. You know, that knee injury looked bad because of his big toe sprain. When it didn't turn out that his knee had ripped up multiple yeah. tendons, yeah. I just assumed for sure it was like, all right, it's a bad bone bruise on the knee. Yes, exactly. Like, no, nah, it's, it's like turf toe. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, so did he do that when he was scrambling after he came back into the game? I as well? I, I, I don't. I really don't understand. Yeah, um, let's. Weird, uh, weird yeah. Let's. This Tennessee is. This GM is much more. Fired. This is much more what I want to talk about. Um, I have very complicated feelings about this. Do you think it was just AJ Brown coming into town and fucking you up? I think that that made the owner upset. That didn't and, help. And I think, and I think that that Vrabel has had gotten increasingly more control over the franchise. Because I muted myself because we're mowing lawns now here. This is what happens when we hang out in the afternoon, guys. Like we love you, Europeans. So complicated feelings, and I'll kind of, kind of, I'll, I'll do my best to sort of try to keep this brief. The Titans, I still believe, or at least the front office, I believe, recognized that Tannehill was not ever going to win them a Super Bowl. And so they made decisions this offseason accordingly to pivot to on the fly. We are going to, you know, we'll, we'll compete this year. 
and we will move off of Tannehill because the, the evidence is very straightforward. They could have extended him a year. They could have pushed his, uh, you know, his his contract into the future, and in doing so, they could have had more than enough money to keep AJ Brown intact. They could have spent their draft capital, get another wide receiver, and they could have revamped the offense on the fly. Instead, they basically elected to, uh, you know, to to decrease the talent on the team and and absorb take their medicine on the Tannehill contract that happens rarely but when it does it's like oh cool this front office's eyes wide open about their chances i don't think that sat well with Vrabel. i think it's potentially that they didn't review this decision making with ownership um and i think the fact that the afc south has been as bad as it has been and that they are you know we're in control of their you know their playoff destiny even despite having a bad team this year um you know put put robinson on the hot seat um i would expect the uh the the brain trust that they had in place with robinson I would have believed in to turn this team into a very, very long-term viable contender. The pivot to now Vrabel having personnel control, I'm out. I'm out. Like this, I I go from healthy respect for where you are as an organization and being rational about your likelihood of winning a championship to now they're going to do some dumb shit. This is now you're pro- you're potentially going to relive the bill o'brien experience in houston he's going to make terrible decisions give up lots of future equity for players that probably aren't worth it they may stick with ryan Tannehill because he's a winner and he's winning not that he is going to in any way shape or form have you uh competitive against the likes of the chiefs the bills the bengals maybe even the jaguars in the next couple of years so um this was bad long term for the Titans, I think. Uh, and I mean, I, I I feel like all of the pieces are very clear here. Andy, you're muted, but are there any, is there anything about that sort of monologue that you take exception to? Not really. Like, <laughs> for the most part, there hasn't been a long history of giving coaches this much power as a GM, it's usually after a long bit of success or like, you know, Belichick has a lot to say about what happens up there. He's a fort. He's, he's earned that. Like there's been even cases where like, I, I think McCarthy when when he was with green Bay, he worked pretty much like, it, it's like they had a couple of GMs like this has happened. But when it happens with like a coach like O'Brien, or and I, I, I like Vrabel a lot more. Like, I think it's really unfair to put Vrabel anywhere near Bill O'Brien, dude. Like that's fucking hurtful, Drew. Vrabel's a much, much better coach. Like what he's what he's been able to do with this team, basically without having a a franchise quarterback forever. Like he's he's gotten some one seeds. He's taken this team to some playoff wins. Like I feel like Vrabel deserves a little more love as a coach. You, but you've given said, me some. I'm I'm still not I'm not in on him as a GM. Like no, you've like, given me some what, homework, man. What what says that you should give this guy this kind of power um, over the future of the franchise? Like it's the same reason we say we see these guys who are like, hey Dan Quinn, you're a really good defensive coordinator. 
like maybe you should be a good head coach. And it turns out that's not the case. Like there's, we have guys where it's like, yeah, this is where your journey should stop. And you're very good at this. And it's the same kind of thing with some of these coaches. Like they, they might not, they might not be great at, you know, constructing a future roster. So mm-hmm. time will tell, but I'm, I'm with you. I don't think it's a good idea. Okay. So in Bill O'Brien's first three seasons, he was nine and seven, nine and seven, nine and seven. Uh, he Went to the playoffs twice, yeah, won the division yeah, twice. Good quarterback. Uh, uh, excuse me? <laughs> We're talking 2014, 2015, oh, 2016. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, this is, these are, these were, these were the, uh, uh, the, I think one of these years it was TJ Yates taking yeah, snaps that. in the playoff game. And he, I think Bill O'Brien won a playoff game with TJ Yates under center, um, which is still insane. Uh, I don't think that their win-loss over their first kind of full handful of seasons is all of that different. Um, Bill O'Brien had the one four and twelve year, which allowed them to draft uh, Watson, and, yeah. and then they go eleven and five, ten and six. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I mean I mean I just I, I don't think the parallels are all that different, and I don't think that anyone as a uh, you know kind of a personnel you know I don't think anyone as a coach who's a rah rah get the best out of your players kind of get them to play up that kind of a uh, of a football guy is going to make a good personnel guy. So um, the fact that Vrabel potentially is dancing, well, I, I agree having, with that. I agree with that point. Yeah, like just it's not it's not a good idea. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And I'm not yeah. betting this game. Yeah. Uh, not betting this game, but I, I, my, uh, my, my future outlook of the Titans took a took a hit this week. And if they get a good personnel guy in there, like a Quessy or a, you know the the who's the guy that the Giants hired or, or Joe Douglas who can evaluate draft talent, apparently, uh, you know Shane. if they get a guy Joe Sh- yeah John Sh- John Shane Joe Shane whatever I can never pronounce his name right. Shane. Uh, if they get a guy like that as their personnel guy to replace Robinson, that was an upgrade because Robinson was not great at evaluating talent. He made a lot of terrible draft choices, but he does have a very, very good nucleus of defensive players in place. They just need to figure out what to do with the quarterback position moving forward. And, um, you know, I think if the next guy sticks with Tannehill, then Titans move into irrelevance. If the next guy finds and, you know, takes some swings in the draft, you know, tries to get some good young players, uh, then, you know, we have a different discussion on our hands. But um, all that said, uh, very exciting. And also, uh, it, it does not seem like Traylon Burks will play. I think he's still in concussion protocol, which sucks because he's actually yeah. he's been kind of a fun, bright spot. I think he is uh, very live to be a, a very big piece of a, a fun offense next year if they figure a few things out. Yo. Houston, Dallas. Speaking of the Texans. They went back to Davis Mills, which had me opening a sports book, clicking on 17, and thinking long and hard about betting Davis Mills. In the <laughs> long run, I just couldn't quite do it. It's probably the right side. The Texans are not a good team, but they were better with Davis Mills. He's not a good quarterback. They and some of the things too with one of the receivers wasn't practicing like there's too much going on in Texans to even take this many points Cowboys <laughs> have played very good on both sides of the ball Cowboys look sharp right now they do and nobody should be nobody should be uh 
a 17-point favorite in the NFL this year. But if Cooks and Nico Collins, if either of them doesn't play, it might not matter which quarterback is in. You, you can basically just cue in on that on Pierce, say we're going to take away the running game, make Davis Mills, who's what, your 30th best starting quarterback, make him try to throw against a good, decent to good secondary with backup you know, wide receivers. Yeah, and some T's Houston through the 21 days. So. <laughs> 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 it turns out that's, on not a an, that's, for me. that's not an EV leg. <clears throat> no, the 21's key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that, that was the other thing, too, is like, is this a coast game? Like, do you really bring out your good stuff for this yes, game? Yes, absolutely. It's a coast game. Cowboys should coast. <laughs> they should keep everybody healthy. I'd rather see I'd rather see Cooper Rush than Dak Prescott in the second half, tell you that much. Um all right. Well I mean, I don't know what the Texans are. I know Kyle Kyle Allen sucks. I know that Lovey Smith is not the long term answer. I don't even know what the bright spots on this team or on this roster are. Um some of the play you've gotten from Petrie has been exciting this year. That looks like a decent draft pick. We haven't seen nearly enough Stingley to tell one way or the other if he's going to make it. Um, and then the front seven of this Texans defense is horrific. They suck at stopping the run, which means that the Dallas Cowboys can run their way to victory and run off the clock in the second half. Total 44 and a half is probably too low. Um, this has the potential to be a 28-3 kind of game. 28-10. Um, what you have so. to do 28 to three? <laughs> you, know, you know, Dan's a Falcons fan. Oh, sorry, sorry, Dan. Um, Pollard over long rush could be a good look. A couple uh, absolutely, chat yeah. Fans. Yeah, I feel like he breaks one. Yes, yeah. he's, oh, he's got the agree. he's got that burner speed. Strongly agree with that. That's not a market I get into much, so I couldn't even make a guess at what that would be priced at. So, be interesting. Yeah. Casey at Denver. Do we finally have a Denver total to go over? Because they have not played the Chiefs yet this year. So both, both Chiefs uh, games are late. This is in Cancer in Denver. So Buffalo out to 10, Dallas out to 18. No one wants to take the Chiefs out to 10. All right. <laughs> That's we're gonna lay if we're just gonna lay all the points in the world this week. Why not this one? This is probably the one you most want to lay, I would guess. Anyway, uh, I didn't. I don't have any interest in betting this game. I don't like the Broncos as a, as a uh, uh, as just even wanting to know what's going on. Patrick kind of nails it. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I don't even I don't want to bet a, a Broncos game just because I don't want to care about what's happening in the game at any point in time, regardless of what my what my bet is. Um. The total got steamed to the over. Huh, so I have I have a theory. It was very low. It because it was very low for a Kansas City total. So it's 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 too low for a Kansas City total. And this Broncos team, if you look at it through a, a lens of the entire season, it is a top defense. If you look at it at a lens through like the last three to four weeks, it has taken a little bit of a step back. You know, they they traded Chubb. They've had some injuries and just the attrition of nobody's ever going to finish a season being like 25% in the red zone on defense. Correct. Like just there was going to be some regression from where they're at. So the Chiefs not bringing out the good plays was kind of a worry here. 
but the fact that they lost last week kind of makes me think that is less of a less of a, a possibility. Yeah. And I mean the Broncos defense has been a, a story all year when it probably should have been their offense. Their offense is just yeah. so 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 bad yeah. and they continue to lose wide receivers. It should be yeah, this should probably be 45 even even in a game like this. And Andy, I still want uh, a part of it. I want a part cuz cuz the Broncos might not score. Yeah. Yeah, second half under yeah. this like you're, you're hoping it's 21 it's 28 now 20 28 nothing <laughs> and then zero zero second half yeah yeah that's that is i think we've seen that in a chiefs game i don't think i'm plucking that out of thin air they might have done that yeah, against this, the raiders this is one of those where the total a couple should years be 40, ago the total should be 45 the live total is going to be 51 at some point and it's going to go under by 10 points that's that is a very, very realistic uh, outcome in my mind as well. I like You're that. feeling really good about your over, and then in strolls the Chiefs' three-headed monster of knocking out three yards per carry. Here's a 17-play, 10-minute field goal drive. It doinks the crossbar from 31, and you have a 0-0 second half. So, yeah, I think this is a – Especially if it, it lends itself to, if the Chiefs come out strong, it definitely lends itself to a second half under. Yep, we agree on that. Um, there was a game that uh, I feel like we saw almost this exact thing play out, where it was just a uh, over at halftime and just a snooze fest in the second half. And I think that's very live here. Um, yeah, not expecting a competitive effort. Carolina at Seattle. Oof. That game's happening. Mm. I didn't have to mow my lawn this week, Drew. It's under a blanket of snow. I don't know. What what do you say about this one? Panthers have put some, some strong efforts together and they have a decent defense this is kind of a fun matchup actually this might not be a bad game to watch that said why are they only four point favorites against a team that was what 31st 32nd a lot of people power rankings before rule got fired yeah i mean part of it is the panthers are coming off by Part of it is the uh sam darnold experience has been a lot has felt a lot more stable uh, than any of the previous uh, quarterbacking experiences. Um, he does still see ghosts, but uh, it's the market is, I think it's, it, it's, it's all there's, there's a heat index built into the market. And if we're being honest, it's been a while since the Seahawks did anything that really got us excited. Uh, they exceeded expectations, beating some teams in division like the like the Cardinals when they were dogs, and uh, you know they were you know they were plucky and and uh, um, you know playing up, uh, particularly in the early part of the season. But it's been a while since we've really seen them, um, you know, flex. Um, I would expect that they get an ugly win here. Uh, I still think the defense is there's enough flashes that I saw in the first half of the season that they can get back there.
Andy's muted as well, so uh, I'm trying to avoid uh, yeah, are they power disruption. washing your sidewalks? <laughs> That's not a bad... I mean, you can really bring out the shine of that concrete if you clean it up good, but yeah, I, I think probably, like you said, with the heat index and off the buy, still, like, this is one of the last vestiges of home field advantage. Lumid field, like, there is actually some true built-in home field advantage. Um, we've seen Gino struggle a little, but even even in those games, he hasn't let it bother him. He's been he's been looking good from behind. Even uh, I, I worried. Well, I worried it was like a front running team, where it was like, all right, this team doesn't doesn't have the the gravel in its guts to come from behind. He gets oh, game. these are great quotes. Yeah. You're looking good from behind, gravel in his guts. Gravel in his guts. I love double, this. Yeah, one. We, we're double muted uh, there. Yeah, well, I have funny. a cough. Right. I, I feel yeah. bad coughing. And I, right I have, yeah, I have a lot of external noise, so I apologize. Um, the uh, but yes, you, your points are fair. Panthers with the lead, love the Seahawks live. Uh, Seahawks with the lead, gonna be just hold on for dear life. Seahawks have had some, even as like over the balance of games, they haven't looked super. They've every game's been like a, Oh God, this is so close. Like, just come on, pull away guys. Um, like last week against the Rams, they still are, they are dominating and they are awesome in fourth quarters, which is really cool. Um, and you know, it's just in general, makes me excited about, uh, uh, the Seahawks generally going forward. Um, I'm, I, I'm still stuck. Like, I think the Seahawks get a win this week. I don't know if they cover the four or not. I think it's it's uh, still, I'm a little over market in terms of win percentage here, looking at the money line, um, but much more inclined to break down what's going on with the Niners and how the relative strength between those two teams uh, impacts the NFC West race. Um, and like before moving off the Seahawks, I'm just excited for the possibility that see seattle san francisco comes down to like the the fourth or fifth tiebreaker whatever the one that's like common opponents right so like there's a realistic for, chance for we division, land there yeah, for divisional teams head to head so if they split that goes and then win percentage within the division there's a chance that that comes down to a couple four and two teams I'm obviously much more likely if the Seattle were to beat the Niners. Well, that that's they are they're zero two against them if they don't beat them. So that's yeah, that if, if they yeah that if they don't it. win if they don't win that game it's over. Yeah. Um, that is your first tiebreakers head to head. Then I mean, essentially, then the the Niners at that point would have like a three game lead, which is almost insurmountable. But yes, your yeah. third tiebreaker is win percentage in common games. You know what would be the best. If it comes down to that and the Seahawks win because they beat the Broncos week one and the Niners did not in week three, those two primetime games were so memorable (laughs) for all the wrong reasons. And if it comes down to that to decide the NFC West and Seahawks 40 to one comes home on that, oh my God, it's going to be, it's going to be so fun. Um, I think that's very, 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 in uh that's very possible and uh, that's what i'm rooting for oh yeah, play God, new, new year's david I, I think this this came up on the preview podcast let's move we on to the niners. the niners yeah let's move on to the niners but yes yeah that one's gonna be good do you know what else christmas eve they play the commanders that could be for a playoff spot realistically like if brock pretty stinks and and the niners lose 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 like that could be 
a game that determines who goes to the playoffs, which would be pretty incredible. Uh, if the Niners, if Brock Purdy's good and the Niners are winning, 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 then all of a sudden, um, you know, that game matters less and all of them were thinking about Vegas hangover. But yeah. um, what's, g- give me your kind of uh, uh, approach to how you would evaluate the right way to price Brock Purdy and what the realistic win percentage difference would be between having Jimmy G in this game versus having Brock. I don't know. We looked at this a couple different ways. I know uh, I think our friend Sports Heck did a good job of just looking at like the EPA per play with Jimmy in compared to the backups, the various backups that have had to be called into action during this. But I think I think it's going to be a more dramatic drop off as we go if you understand my meaning. So early on, it's almost like the Mike White situation where, all right, we didn't, especially last year when we really hadn't seen him, we don't know what this game plan is going to be because we know what the Niners have been doing this season with Jimmy G. We can kind of prep for that. It's still Shanahan. He's still going to throw in wrinkles. He's a smart coach, a good offensive schemer, but we can kind of know maybe what 60% of their offense is going to look like for the most part. Shanahan's, likely going to have to keep a lot of that. You can't redesign the whole offense in a week, but they're going to be, you know, the sub packages they use and whatever is going to be quite a bit different. I think that's probably bad for Tampa Bay. And I think it's, it's good for, you know, eventually once we get a couple weeks down the road, I think you get to the full, like, Oh, this is a six point downgrade. Yeah. Okay. Five. I think I have it as a five point downgrade from Jimmy G. And I hate that I hate that Jimmy G like that makes it sound like Jimmy G's a good quarterback, but he's still starter level. He's above replacement level. He's fine. And he understands the offense. So I I think we see a really good performance this week from all the ancillary 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 pieces of the offense that are not the quarterback. And those are very good pieces. I, I laid it. Okay. Mostly because I, th- I think the the Bucks are still kind of fraudulent, and also because I'm mad that they they won on uh, on Monday night. And so, <laughs> so not only so everything I explained, like you have to try to figure out what one of the offensive geniuses of our lifetime is going to do, and you're doing it on a short week, and you're doing it with a set of coaches that I really don't believe in. Yeah, that's fair. I don't love Tampa this week. I laid three. <sighs> All right, we're oppo, and it's not in a good way because I took Buck's money line. <laughs> so this landing in the middle and yeah. us both losing is very, very yeah. Niners by very three. Possible, very possible. I'd love to hear your argument, um, though. Okay, uh, I get what you're saying, and yes, like there's an element of Purdy doesn't know he's not supposed to be good, <laughs> and so he's just out there, just you know, kind of playing with house money and a little bit of Cooper Rush in him. Like that's possible, um, but he's still. Mr. Irrelevant. He was still rated as like the 10th best quarterback and probably undraftable by a lot of teams in this most recent draft, which means he's not ready to be an NFL starter. Um, this is this is now independent of the fact that Jimmy G has been serial underrated for his entire career. If you go back and you look at quarterback EPA per dropback, and you take all plays that a quarterback has been involved in, and you go back to 2010. 
Where would you guess Jimmy G ranks in terms of EPA per dropback among all quarterbacks? How many quarterbacks are in that sample size? I'm going to take quarterbacks who have had over 500 snaps. So that is 100 quarterbacks. 42. He is sixth. I should have guessed, guessed higher because they've always had good running games. Do you want to know what's EPA per dropback? Oh, it's oh, it's this, this is, is only dropback. Drop this I thought is you only drop plays. I thought you said EPA, all plays. Oh no, no, every play. This is all like I'm just saying. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not segregating it by a certain season or anything. I'm just saying, give me every quarter, every dropback that the quarterback has had going back to 2010. Okay. He is number six. The quarterbacks who are better than him are Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Pat Mahomes. That's rare air, man. That's elite company. And if you want to say he's only up there because of Shanahan, okay. Well, the Shanahan's other guys that people keep bringing up in the context of Brock Purdy, like Beat Hard, 83rd, uh, like um, uh, Nick Mullins, 38th. Uh, you know, like Nick Mullins is in the tier. Uh, yeah, with, this is this is where I'm at. Like, yeah. It, it, it helps when you have, like, he's always had really good yards after the catch receivers. How about the year they went to the Super Bowl? His best, his best, best weapon was George Kittle. You don't think George Kittle's very good? No, but he, no, but he's that. a tight end. He's a tight end. <laughs> he's okay. a tight end. Travis Kelsey's a tight end. Yeah, I mean the scheme. The scheme opens. The scheme gives him a bump. Sure, but people mm-hmm. are acting like the scheme. Like if you look down past Jimmy G, the next guy you're going to see is Nick Mullins, and then after that's going to be Vithard, which means it's all Shanahan. But those guys are way down the board. Like Nick Mullins gave you uh, Mac Jones level EPA per play, EPA per drop back. Uh, CJ Beathard gave you Sam Darnold level EPA per drop back. Like th- I don't know what people are remembering about those play, you know, those players, but it wasn't great. And I, w- I, think, and I, I would yeah. say that both of those times when those players were in, they didn't have nearly the wealth of weapons that they have right now. Like this is one of those where the surrounding okay. cast is. I, I don't. I, I'm. I agree okay. with you. I think, okay. and like I said, I think it's a five point downgrade. At the same time, there's just so many pieces around him. Like, and I and then Sam's pointing out like Tampa Bay defends the middle of the field really well. They have good coverage linebackers. Like, there's so much going on in the run scheme, and like, you can just you can make this, you can make this Brock Purdy Brock Purdy neutral. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> Just, you know, rely on your receivers hmm. to make plays. Rely on three running backs. Yeah. Just make it happen. There's a, there is a another side to this particular handicap which you brought up, which I am definitely aware of, and that is the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coaching staff is hot garbo. Um, oh. That said, we know what Todd Bowles wants to do. He wants to bring pressure. The San Francisco offensive line is average. Brock Purdy is going to be feeling heat in this game, and he is going to have to operate quickly. He's going to have to operate quickly, and Shanahan may give him the easy buttons to press, That it, and this offense may be successful, and the Buccaneers' defense may look like trash. That's possible. But I love the idea of uh, aggressive Todd Bowles' defense against a rookie quarterback behind an average O-line. Uh, and I think at halftime of the Buccaneers-Saints game, we were almost almost right. <laughs> very, very, very close to being correct. But one of the things we kind of pointed out to as a reason to kind of get involved there in the Saints was 
who's going to rally this Bucks team, right? Like they're they're lacking leadership. Turned which out is... Mark Ingram. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was fucking Brady. It was obviously Brady, and like that was the obvious answer. Like, yeah, it wasn't going to be the coaching staff. It was literally going to have to be Brady forcing you know, and Brady was going to have to elevate his own performance, and I think he did to a large degree. I thought he played much much better. Uh, in the final four minutes of that game that we have seen him play basically all season. Um, and he carries that form into this game. We know he certainly has a chip on his shoulder playing against the Niners. Uh, I think the you know it was going to be fun to handicap this one if it was Brady versus Jimmy G. But, um, you know, I still think in general, Brady going up against uh, the Niners defense is going to be a fun, fun match. It's going to be a fun matchup. Chris Godwin's healthy. Uh, you know, certainly like the way that the Niners defended the um the way the Niners defended the Dolphins was pretty in hindsight was a no fucking brainer. Like get really physical with their small, fast wide receivers and let your pass rush go go bananas. Um and that was a solid plan. It worked well. That's not going to work against the Niners. I mean, against the Buccaneers. Buccaneers have much more physical wide receivers to work with. And uh, and in general, um, you know, I think that the you know they're moving away a little bit from. Uh, hey, did I just get nuked, or did we all get nuked? You're you're muted, Andy. You're muted. <laughs> oh shit! No, you just yeah. Oh man, I said some. I said some stuff. <laughs> you're lucky I muted. I talked some shit about you while you're gone. Yeah, I saw. I saw Dan get pop got bumped, and then I got bumped. Yeah, I didn't get bumped out. That's well, weird. Blame, blame the gardeners. All right, let's let's, um, let's move anyway. on to the last. Yeah, one no, I, yeah, fine, yeah. Just just final thought though, like Tom Brady, you're not worried about him kind of having a better matchup against this particular Niners defense than we saw with Tua last week. I'm worried if he gets down and he decides that they get to play two minute defense or two minute offense, but generally the the game plan, the regular game plan for the Buccaneers sucks. And they're only good when they were pressed and had to go into, hey, we're abandoning the run. And then from the standpoint of like the pass rush, if we're sitting here knowing about, you know, oh, Tampa Bay likes to put pressure on the quarterback. And I feel like Shanahan knows as well. And there's going to be, it's not maybe he gives Purdy the easy button. He has to. Like he knows this. So I, I think it'll be interesting, but there, there's definitely a case for some Tampa Bay second half if they're trailing. I okay. like Tampa Bay much better as a trailing team. Okay. They're terrible as a front runner. All right, let's move on to Sunday Night Football. Congrats to everybody who's uh, going to land in the middle there between laying the points and taking the money line. Um, yeah. But yeah, what are the chances a team wins by three? Nine, nine percent. <laughs> <laughs> Dolphins Chargers is an interesting flex. Um, I guess this was a good choice. Uh, it looked better on paper when they made the choice because the Chargers were in a little bit better state. Now they have one of the worst offensive lines in the history of football. Um, and the Dolphins pass rush should be able to get home. Chargers also struggling to field wide receivers that can make a difference. Chargers also struggling to stop the run game. Now, it's not a perfect puzzle piece here where the Dolphins' strengths fit into the Chargers' weaknesses in a way that I'm dying to lay the points with the Dolphins on a bounce-back spot. Um, but I would expect the Dolphins to score here. Uh, and I would expect that the Chargers are going to look 
miserable at times offensively because that's who they are right now. Um, three and a half is fair for me. That's my number. Total 51 and a half is a little low, but I'm not making four. Over. You make it four? Okay. Yeah, I, I think the Dolphins kind of decide, especially in a place where I talked about Lumen being the last vestige of home field. SoFi has never had home field unless it's been a, an away team with a bunch of good. And as uh, Skyfish brings up, it's going to be a weird moment for the podcast listeners. <laughs> when you just left and then I started talking on mute and then you came back. <laughs> Double and, mute twice. Well, you're, they're definitely going to like pull their phone up and well, it's still playing. What? We got to put fast background word, music word. on, I guess, for this one. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. The um, the mismatch here for the Dolphins wide receivers against the Chargers secondary looks solid to you. I think Derwin James is a question mark to play. Um, yeah. That would be huge. If James doesn't go, I think this absolutely moves to four. Um, and I, all the, at that point, all the I'm, I'm probably playing Dolphins Niners. team total over. Yeah, that's yeah. not a bad look. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, I like the fins. I like the fins to score. I like the over. Um, bad, like you said, bad home fields. Horrible, horrible, horrible offensive line. Not that the Dolphins pass rush has been special, but it's been getting better, especially with their addition. And yeah, like you said, if if Terwin James is out. Everything that the 49ers did last week to stop the Dolphins and make them less successful in offense are just things the Chargers can't do, I guess. I mean, yeah, the pass rush is kind of there, but for the most part, this should be a much, much, much easier test. Should you should we make the Dolphins team total our secret pod play? Skyfish wants it. Either that or Giants under. Which one's better to you? Skyfish. Giants under is 19. Uh, Miami we over is two. 27 and a half. Two. Which do you like better? I'm going to play them both. All right, we'll check in with you on Sunday and see how we did. Uh, we'll have one result. We won't have the both. We actually, actually. Then speaking of, I we got to we we're gonna do our next pod on Monday. Does that work for you? Oh yeah, you got some travel as well. Yeah, I'll be flying home on Sunday. So, so don't you think mentioned tonight. Are you not gonna be able to do halftime tonight? I think I'm going to. I'm trying to get to the. I'm flying on red eye, so I'm probably gonna be at the airport in time to do it. But there's a chance I'll be driving to the airport, in which case I will be out. Okay. Well, let me know. Okay. You do you want to call it off right now? Pull the plug. Yeah, we might as well. Let, let's okay. get you're recovering. I'm traveling. I'm let's still call it off. Sick. Actually, or you know, in the blind. I want to, I want second half under. In yeah. the blind. All right. Yeah. If you're listening <laughs> to this earlier, you're here with us right now. Second half under. Second half under twenty one and a half. Especially if any te- if either team is up by a decent amount, then I like it even more. So, all right. I dig. God damn it, Dan just said in the chat. It's actually going to be funnier because he's going to cut out that long gap and then the audience is going to think you're gaslighting them. (laughs) (laughs) You guys were here live. You know what happened. But uh, yeah, no, this was a good pod. We kept it kind of short. There's six teams on by. This is the end of the bye weeks, I believe. Um, It's a little longer podcast next week as we have every team playing. We have some fun, fun, fun like Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, there's Saturday standalone games. The NFL is going to the, – the way the schedule has worked out this year, it's going to be really fun. I'm excited for the holidays. Yeah. Uh, 
Some of the matchups are bad, but some of them are awesome. Okay. Did you see the Christmas Day games? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't care. Watch some like, NBA or Christmas. It's the same Day. thing. Like I've watched a lot of <laughs> shitty Thanksgiving Day games. I don't care. Like you give me standalone NFL games. You could put the two worst teams in London. I would get up at eight thirty. I'm up anyway. I'm not asleep. Like Denver versus Jacksonville. Yeah, I watch that shit all the time. <laughs> so yeah, you're welcome for the. I'm gonna play the thing again. Afternoon delight. I like how it doesn't fit the screen. Oh, it's cool. <laughs> they don't even try. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. You're welcome yeah. to the. Uh, oh, and we got a new Eric Chernoff uh, drop in ten minutes. Says Ricky Flower. That's not Ricky Ooh. Flower. <laughs> and Eric Chernoff is not his name. It's Adam. It's <laughs> Adam that's okay. right? I don't get I'm the joke. I, I know I we were it. mentioning this. Like, there's a for for some reason there's like inside jokes in the chat that even we don't get. Yeah. So that's why we love you guys. So hit the thumbs up on the way out. All right. Appreciate you all. We'll see you Monday. Monday, Monday. Monday, Monday. Monday, Monday. Sunday at the Metrodome. Eight trucks, eight bucks. I was watching. Monster Jam. I was watching some Monster Truck yesterday. It was on TV. And I was was completely captivated. Just captivated watching.